Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back. Welcome in. This is Country Roads Confidential at Earsports.com, a CBS Sports podcast. I am Mike Casaza here, a special edition, special guest. Welcoming in the hardest working man in the Coliseum. Wow. Bob Huggins occupies that place. So does the director of player personnel and recruiting, Jay Koontz. Jay, late-breaking news from 24-7 Sports here. The number one ranked transfer portal class after the NCAA tournament resides in Morgantown, West Virginia. Jose Perez getting counted. Omar Silverio, who don't believe you can talk about because he's not yet signed, but you can certainly appreciate being number one at any point in an offseason where the portal is so important here. That's not why I have you on, but this is a really good place to start. A year ago, you said this was going to have good results the first year, but it was going to take some time to flip the roster over, perhaps even two years. And here you are, starting off second year. So far, so good. Well, I I greatly appreciate that. We definitely have a long way to go, but... You know, as we discussed last year, when you're having a total flip of a roster, it, it's very hard to do it all in one year. Um, I think, especially because think about how young our roster was uh, before the ones that have stayed behind and um, played for us this past season. You know, it's not really fair to those guys for us to not really see a, a larger body of work. Um, you know, obviously, we let, there's some of the guys that graduated before and left. Um, yeah, we we appreciated them. They were very good players in their, in their own way. It just it just when when you have when you have a bunch of guys that you know that are pieces like you usually have the guy but if you have enough good pieces and and some depth that you can rely on that aren't too young or, or aren't too inexperienced you usually could have success off of that especially you know coach Huggs, who's a hall of famer but unfortunately the season before we uh we didn't have that opportunity and and you know we fell short of that our, not only our own expectations but probably ever all of our fan base and um you know, I, I, like I said to you last year, I was blessed with the opportunity to to take over recruiting and um, and run the portal for last year for the first time. And you know, pe- people, you know, you always have critics. I'm my biggest critic of my own first class or our own first class. And you know, at the end of the day, you know, I 
although I have high expectations, right? This is my alma mater. I have a lot of love and care for this this university. Um, I always want to go further, and and but I'm I'm going to say this. Um, obviously, after reflecting and things of that nature, a, a large percentage, which we've talked about before, of teams that do not make the NCAA tournament one year, and then will qualify for like an NIT or or one of those kind of tournaments, do not make it the following year. At one point, it was seventy eight percent. I actually think that might have gone up, but. I don't have the, the data in front of me, so I don't want to inflate my own thing with that. So I, I just, I, I'm appreciative of, of Kedrian Johnson, number one to start, you know, Kedi trusted the coaching staff and um, trusted us that we, we'd put enough, you know, vets and good guys around him to, to give him that chance to get back to that tournament. And obviously I'm, I'm ultra appreciative of Emmett Matthews and, and Eric Stevenson for coming in here and, you know, not only contributing at a high level, but helping Kedrian Johnson lead. And those guys put this program back in contention where we belong. And, and I think all of us have aspirations of being even better. And, and, you know, this is, this is a storied program, uh, obviously before hugs and then hugs is brought out to an entirely different level. Um, and obviously we don't, we, we detest losing. And I could tell you that starts from my boss all the way down. And, you know, our coaching staff's been, it's been amazing so far in this new brand portal uh, edition. And, you know, we're going to continue to do that. So I appreciate those kind words and I appreciate the early ranking. You know, those two guys early on, I, I believe are, are going to be major contributors for us and, and really, really good players. And, you know, we were fortunate to grab them when we did and um, can't wait to see how they, they translate, you know, to the following, to, to the next year with the new team. Well, I'm appreciative that you agreed to sit down with us here and take some questions from our subscribers here. Um, and you're going to provide the answers. And if I know you unfiltered, you probably have a lot to say on the subject. So, so let's dig in here. Here's this kind of a table setter because this is your realm now. But um, question number one from the crowd, what is preferred when recruiting the eye test or analytics? Is there a favorite statistic? where a potential recruit needs to meet a certain threshold to even be considered. Jay, I like this one because you are a blend of this. You believe in the eye test, you watch the film, but also you subscribe to the analytical approach to a mutual friend of ours, Evan Miyakawa. Um, but also you and your staff are combing through clips and film and trying to find what looks right too. So I imagine it's going to be a little bit of each, but how does the eye test and how do analytics work for you? Well, I mean, you answered that great. I mean, it is a little bit of both. Um, I think, I think the best that's, you know, that was, the best thing about a coaching staff like we have, you know, Bob Huggins being a Hall of Famer and has done this for a long time at, at a high level. And, you know, Ronnie Everhart, a head coach at many stops prior and obviously a, a great piece of our team. And obviously Larry before him and, and, and Billy before him, who was, who was a head coach. And, and obviously DJ, who has been a great asset to the program and, and is so excited to be able to work with him and, and a guy that brings fresh ideas and, and, a, and a different kind of energy. And obviously Josh Eilert, who's been phenomenal. So, you know, you, you see that and, we already have a good uh, support system team. You know, I'm very lucky to have a lot of guys that make me look good. It, it's far from just me in this entire process. And that's one thing I want to uh, clarify, but no, they, they, our staff does a great job. And quite honestly, they, you know, the analytical side of it is important. I really like efficiencies, offense and defensive. Right. So like when last year, right, but we talked about, Hey, you know, we could use Eric for an example. Okay. You know, people could play like, Hey, you know, he can really score that ball, but what's his defense like, you know, the year prior, we had a lot of criticisms because we're not, we weren't really a prototypical Bob Huggins defensive team. We weren't really ending because we lost. And that's that's not a Bob Huggins team. But at the end of the day, um, you know, we looked at Eric's numbers and then and, you know, he actually graded out okay on defense, you know, his effort, his energy, his athleticism, and and obviously his his offensive numbers spoke for itself. I mean, he was a top scorer in the best league in America. So um efficiency is something that I will tell you that I I, I really, really harp on offensive and defensive 
and try to find an equal area where, you know, it's it's a two-way player. All right. That goes nicely into this question here. Um, what is a deficiency that the staff has identified from this past season and you're trying to solve with their additions from the transfer portal this offseason? What's a weakness that you said, you know what, we got to fix this, but we can't fix this? Without question, our depth. Um, I think this past year, we and listen, you know, people are always going to have criticisms, right? Um, hey, that's the best thing about having, you know, any like, listen, I got to be able to take the criticism when things are good and I got to take it when it's bad. And that's why, like I said, we laugh, but I don't mind doing something like this because I think it clears up a lot of things and I am transparent, you know, um, our depth, um, you know, I, for whatever matter it is, whether the guys were too young and they weren't ready or, or, you know, we just didn't have enough at certain positions, but, you know, we, we, those top six and seven really carried us for a long time. And, you know, I think if, when you saw, we got in foul trouble and things of that nature, it always hurts. You know, I, I think a guy having, having Mo get banged up late hurt us, you know, because Mo was, Mo was a guy who started off real fast and then, you know, kids, it, it, it's a difference. You know, you have guys that are playing at this level for, for the first time, you know, and, and that's, that's, pretty much a testament to a lot of those sophomores too. And I think we got a much better idea of what we have in them moving forward. Um, and I think this year we always, we know that we need depth. And last year's thing was hundred percent getting back to the NCAA tournament. Um, I think we talked towards the end of it when, when we end up missing out on uh, a high target for us at the end of, on the end of the portal season last year, which we all felt pretty good on. Quite honestly, we should have had them but that's for another time. And even then we were projected at 18 and 19 wins in the NCAA tournament and quite, and we were fortunate enough to achieve that. So definitely depth, I think is something we've all identified and, and having more options And my job is to provide the coaching staff more options. So, you know, follow trouble injuries, people having off games, you know, they, they have more guys to go to. All right. You're throwing me perfect passes here. We're going to go right to the next one because it fits so well. To, to be a bench player, to be a guy who wants to take on a challenge of the Big 12, to, to make this move that you were asking players to make, there's a lot you have to evaluate. This question wonders about the traits. Um, this person asks, how are you evaluating players that you are considering bringing into the program? What traits are you looking for, and how do you go after the best talent? Locker rooms are diverse places, Jay. Um, lots of personalities, never mind lots of talent and skill levels. Where do you begin, and what do you favor when it comes to traits and abilities and making this puzzle fit? That's a great question too. Um, that's the best thing about having a coaching staff that's very well connected and it's been around a long time. Uh, a lot of times they know somebody, right? Including myself, but a lot of those guys, they know somebody. Whether they played against them, coached them, coached you know, had them in an AAU, some some verse of life or some other, they had them somewhere or have been past these people. So these guys are generally very well vetted um, before we even make a call and um really reach out with interest. Um, I, I, some people, the crazy thing is, you know, I read things now about certain people we're going after and a lot of people act like you would think that they knew everything and, you know, <laughs> really get to know people and, and get to know certain stories that have really actually occurred that were factual, not uh, high school rumors. You realize, you know, and you get past a certain level, you realize that, Hey, the kid's a good kid. Um, he's a good basketball player. And as long as, you know, he represents this university and our program in the correct manner um, and whether he made a mistake or not and corrects those behaviors, you know, if, if, if the situation presents itself, that somebody will look at, but I do believe in fits in the locker room as well. 
Um, this is no shots anyway. Two years ago, I don't, I don't think we had the best leaders. And I think one thing we went out last portal and, and we added guys that we knew we could trust in that locker room, good, bad, or indifferent. Good games, bad games, tough games. Um, and I think we really established the core roots of what Bob Huggins is again. And I look to, I look to, to build on that with this upcoming portal. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of, a lot of different qualities that are looked at. That's a great question. Okay. This one um, will probably fill in some more blanks that you might've left there unknowingly, but uh, this person wonders how much are you weighing remaining eligibility versus expected impact when evaluating needs and wants? I'm curious if in specific roles you look for players with certain amount of remaining eligibility, or are you just looking for instant impact? At what point does eligibility outweigh the other? That's double twofold, right? Um, yeah, I, I like it because that person actually has a good idea what they're talking about. You know, obviously you always want to improve the roster in the best way you can. Um, there's times where coach like, Jay, you got to come. I'm like, yeah, and he's right. But I'm always sitting there thinking to myself, okay, like I like this, I like this piece, but I like this other piece, you know, this could really bring us to this level. Um, I think like last year, right. The whole, whole thing was we had to make a talent flip at the top and make it quick. And there was such a wide array of what we needed where this year, um, because of the job the staff has done, um, we have a very, very strong base coming back. We have some upperclassmen, we have some younger guys, and we have guys that we can trickle in the middle that can complement. And that's really important about roster building. You know, you don't want to have to flip it every year. You don't want to have to make dramatic ads and subtractions every year, but it's part of the game now. And I think you can't get too high or too low with when things like that happen. Um, but obviously, yeah, balance throughout an entire roster is, is extremely important. And I think you look at both, but you know, there's a, a guy presents himself where he's a can't miss. And I think, you know, in this, in this program, you know, there's, we, we, we sit there and work really, really well as a group now. Um, I, you know, the staff works really well. And if we all establish or think of guys that can't miss, generally we always agree. And, and obviously the ultimate decider is coach hugs. So, um, I think there's a time and place for every kind of thing. And I know that's a, that's a very loaded answer but yeah I, I believe that it's a little bit of both and if, if it's a kid that's a one year that you know you have a succession plan in place which is always nice where there's a younger guy behind them that can you know take that person's qualities and also you know it, it's almost like a mentor right mm. so a couple questions here want to know about high school junior college and here we are kind of talking about the portal it's high time for that I understand but you all have, I'm going to combine these questions here. So my apologies to them, but this is probably the best way to streamline it. You all have kind of pivoted with your high school recruiting in that number one, nobody in this class coming in. Number two, you guys are aiming that bow and arrow pretty high when it comes to the future too. But also junior college has been very um, important in the recent history of this program, but also in Bob Huggins' career. I'm not saying these take back seats, but maybe that seat moves around and maybe you're talking about, you know, one year succession plan, all that stuff too. But succession plan may have something to do with a high school guy who's there and may take some time or a guy who's in the wings, you think, and junior college, they could fill gaps. Uh, maybe that you can't get out of the portal. Um, I, I don't want to answer the question here and I've realized I'm doing that, but combining questions here into one, what does West Virginia think and do now with high school recruiting and junior college recruiting as an accessory or a supplement with the transfer portal let's let's go over it's a three-level answer and I'll, I'll try to answer it as uh best as i can let's start with the high school recruiting right i, I always read this stuff for someone like well why is west virginia not going after 2023 like what well think about this last year you know coach hugs committed to 
doing things differently. And, and obviously um, he gave me that opportunity to, to take over recruiting. Um, I said, just, just doing things in a different manner. Right. So by that point, it was 2022, the top level 2023 guys are pretty much already gone. And if they're not gone, chances are they're around for a reason. And I'm just going to say it. A lot of our chances weren't at getting them. Okay. So why am I going to go after a, a, a 2023 kid where at the end of the day, you know, this is, this is a story program. Like we've talked about and fan base, the people, the, the part, everyone that relies. And that's the beautiful thing about this state, you know, is the, you know, West Virginia football, West Virginia basketball is the heartbeat of the entire state and, and they deserve the best. And that's what we're trying to provide them. Um, so with the 2023 class with this year, like, why would I go get a guy who might take a few years to develop? Because this this time in, in, in today's game, you don't have that time to develop mm-hmm. like that. And just like people like, hey, we want, like, our jobs are are to win games as well. And and I think a lot of people sometimes like, oh, you know, I missed the goals. But listen, like I, I do too. <laughs> I'm from that era too. But at the end of the day, is it is it worth going through losing seasons and, and having your fan base be upset because you're not winning? And and like I said to you, winning here and is 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 different and it's special. And it's fans and it's it's fan base and loyal deserve that. And again, heck, a lot of times it, it really has changed the dynamic because guys at the mid-majors and even low majors are getting guys that they could have never gotten before, especially coming out of high school. So, you know, I understand that, but at that time and at that time and place when we when the change was made, why would I not go get a a vet, a power five vet who has played at a high level, who's played big boy basketball in big minutes instead of a guy who's who's not proven yet? And at that point, we we couldn't afford to miss. Is that is that a is that a nice way to easier way to put it? Um, I'll move to the to the JUCO side of it. Um, and you know what junior college has meant to not only us here, we've we've been blessed to have a lot of really good players at the JUCO levels and, and have won us a lot of games and some of my favorite players we've ever had. But I'll say this as well. I think JUCO is, is, is like recruiting high school now. You know, back in the day, right? I think junior college was wasn't even close to having the coverage it has now. Where I've actually talked to other coaches and other staffs where they think, you know, NAI is the new JUCO. It's it's not covered as well, and, and you'll find you're hitting gems there. Hmm. Even in D2 sometimes, you're seeing a lot of, you know, more D2s going up now out of nowhere. And and I, I think JUCO is so well covered, they're usually either accounted for or or their minds are made up a lot earlier on. And I mind you, that doesn't mean everybody, you're always going to have your rare occasion. So nobody could sit here and go, Oh, this guy came out. Well, listen, of course there's, there's always going to be um, situations like that. But, you know, I, I think the one thing that this staff, no matter what hugs and has showed is they're willing to adapt. And kind of like what I mentioned earlier, you know, whether we were happy with how far we got or not. And I, I all think we, we all wanted to obviously keep winning and, and I thought we should have won that game, but the body of work and 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 really a half of a roster flip, it was successful. And I, I think going forward, I think, you know, obviously going into next year and, you know, we are going to target freshmen. We are going to target um, junior college guys. And, and again, listen, like you mentioned, we're going after a different caliber of freshmen. This is a power five program that plays in the best league in America. And, you know, 
you, you need power five guys. And I think that you were saying like, hey, the power five guys that we're going after, even as a freshman or whatever, they have the ability to come in and play right away. And, and if they can't, you know, depending on what you have on the roster, you know, every every roster is different and every uh, person's opinion on this is different. And I think it just depends what you have at that time. And, and if you're willing to say, hey, you know, this is a guy we want to invest in, or is he willing to be invested in it? Because if you have some really good guys ahead of him and he's a stud like that, he's not going to want to sit. He's going to go some other place that he can play. Mm. So it's, it's really a lot of different factors that go into that. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition the two-way v4 gives you the tools to play at a high level learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com we talked about qualities of players we've talked about fits in the locker room availability eligibility ability all that stuff too let's just talk about the actual positions here um, this person wonders what positions are you focusing on and could that change yeah i mean it, it... A roster is always like musical chairs, right? Um, you go into a you go into a toy shop, and you know you like this one toy, but hell, you like another one, and you like one better. And we like, and I mean this, I like we we as a, as a staff like what we have. Uh, we like, you know, and then that shows you, you know, that ranking that you talked about earlier. I mean, it's very early, so I'm, I'm appreciative of that. But we like those guys when they became available, and there's you know change of guard or change of direction, how we're doing recruiting, that, that didn't just end when last year's uh, team was starting to plan things. And, and I think you all saw people were really asking, like, oh, why do we add this guy here? Why do we add – Jose was added because as much as as much as people were excited about last year's recruiting class, I, I, I identified, and Michael, you know this, I crushed my own work. I didn't think our depth was enough. I thought you were asking a lot, an awful lot of young guys that hadn't gotten those meaningful reps or hadn't gotten – um, the experience and, and to throw them to the wolves in the best league in America. And we saw how good this year was. Uh, we saw how good our league was. I mean, I saw the projections if it was just the young kids and that's a hard thing to put guys in and that's not the right thing to do. So we had to go get some guys that supplemented those guys and, and gave us an action and gave those guys a chance. And um, a guy like uh, others that we've added, um, you know, we believe that those kind of people can, can be very, very good for this program. They, they present a lot of positive, uh, Influences that that hugs and the rest of the staff rely on each and every game, and and we think they fit well. Um, and and like I said, you know, I, positionally, that's I mean, that's a good point. But yeah, I mean, I think I think everyone, you know, Joe showed how versatile he was this year, and I don't think people realize how effective Joe Toussaint is. You know, like he was a top five guy in our league, and and offense and defense, defensive efficiency, like a top five guy in the, in the big 12. That's extremely impressive. Um, 
you know, and again, listen, like he had, she showed the ability to play on the ball, off the ball. And, and, and honestly, at times was an elite defender, super athletic for, for his size. And, and I think he was one of the top rebounding guys, top five rebounder on one of our, on our team. If I had to go back and look. So he, you know, he was extremely versatile and, and going, you know, there's also Kedrian Johnson who you're losing where, you know, Kitty and, and Joe played really well together. <laughs> so I think maybe targeting, you know, a top point guard who's a, a, a true point guard where he, you know, he could get Joe or others into stuff. It was a, was a, it was a very, very important part for us. Um, a big who, who we knew we could throw the ball close to the basket and score it is, is something that's also extremely important. You know, you, you're going to see the, the obvious is like replacing Emmett, replacing Eric and Keedy. That's, that's obviously always on paper, right? You know, you're missing, I think it's close to 60 points a game between those three. That's a large chunk of your scoring. So, um, production without question. And then however that looks, I, I, I do think we have some really, really good options. Uh, we had some good options that couldn't play this year and some good options behind them. So, you know, it's always a deception game, right? You don't want to give all away all the secrets. You know, you kind of just got to sit there and see and, and, and see how it unfolds. But I, I will tell you that we have a good comprehensive plan. And um, I, I hope obviously everyone is, is happy with a body of work at the end of it. Go through the questions here. I probably should have asked this one earlier because you mentioned NAIA, you mentioned Division Two, and then you have just within Division One, you have you know low major, mid major, high major. This is a good question that goes off of that. Um, how do you consider level of competition when evaluating and ranking transfers? Do different positions translate up a level easier than others? So you know how do you look at it? And then as part of that, saying it's easier to play point guard at this division, or it's easier to be a big at this level. That's that's pretty interesting. I hadn't thought of that that way. Great question. Again, um, yeah, people are on their P's and Q's. Uh, um, I'll say that, you know, here, we'll, we'll use, we'll, let's pick up point guard, right? For, for just for an example, right? So I think a lot of times you see a lot of point guards that transfer up like, Oh, how, how do they know he could do it there? Well, why is, why is his assists are great, but his turnovers are high too. Generally a lot, right? Like a lot of times, um, point guards at those levels have to do so much. They're also scoring guards. They're also um, the best defender. They're also, you know, they have the ball in their hands a lot. Um, and a lot of times, you know, they play a lot of minutes. So, you, you know, it, it, there's a lot of things that go into it, right? You know, you could say you rely heavily on our staff that they could reach and speak to, you know, the right people and, and who have been seeing these people or these, these guys play a lot. And also from our own film study, um, you know, development, uh, maturity, body-wise, and and decision-making in, in big moments. Uh, I believe coming from winning cultures, you know, it's really the one thing I, uh, I'm i not going to say it never happened because that would be a lie, but, you know, a lot of times you look at guys that are really good players on bad teams. You know, yeah, every bad team needs a leading scorer. So, you know, having having these guys come from winning programs and, and, and you know, winning traditions, I think it's extremely important. Um so, I mean, there's there's a lot of different factors, and that's a great point. And that's a great question, like I said. But a lot of times I'll, I'll say it, we rely on our staff and, and their own video observations and their own connections to really study the kid overall, top to bottom. Sensitive question. Needs a deft touch. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. How do the returning players making their decisions affect your ability to target portal players? Since there are only two spots, can you just make the hard push on two, or do you go all out? get the best players and figure it out later. I just want to be clear. That's not my question, Jay. That's from the audience. Yeah, I understand that. It's all good, my friend. Um, 
I mean, yeah, I think it always impacts your decision making, but I don't, I don't, I think you're always looking for good players, no matter what. Um, but you're also looking at those times, you know, what your needs are. And, and again, you're not just looking at those positions. If you, if you think we were just going in looking, okay, well, we got two spots. Here's two. No, 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 no. It's a YRA. And I think, you know, we've talked about this. If you were to ever come in our office and you come, like my office has a a gigantic, we call I call it the great wall, but you look at it in the season, it looks like a beautiful mind. I mean, there's more names, mid-majors, low-majors, coaches on the hot seat, you know, new coaches hired because there's an array of talent that you got to watch now. And, you know, it's sad to say because it's almost like you're watching other kids or other coaches or other staff's rosters, but that's pretty much what this game has become. Now, obviously, you would never reach out and you, and you have uh, respect for those programs and, and, and that staff and those staffs, but that doesn't mean it's going to stop you from doing your homework. And, you know, I think you always have a broad spectrum of who a lot of these kids are um, kind of like you see, you know, obviously you, know, you Michael and, and people that are for 24 seven CBS or ESPN, you know, they have all the recruiting documentations, right? They, Oh, this kid plays in this league or this kid's a 24 or 25 and he's an elite guy. And that's kind of like what we now have for not only power five, but mid majors and low majors. I, I, I mean, there's a whole database that, has these guys and I and I trickle them in and out along with the rest of our staff throughout the year. So, you know, it, in regards to that, I mean, it, it it's pretty wild. Have a few minutes left. I have some NIL speed round questions for you. Oh, fun. The big question: What's the budget? How much has it increased or decreased this year? I don't know if you noticed this, but like when you told us a story last time about an unnamed SEC player demanding seven hundred thousand dollars, and you said. That's about my budget. I think a lot of people thought you had a working $700,000 budget, which would be I awesome. I wish. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so I let's wish. let's dispel that. You do not have $700,000 in the bank, but we can get to that in a minute. But like, what's your budget? And if you don't want to have it out there or if you don't even have it, is it better? Is it worse? Is it lower than it was a year ago? All right, we'll just clarify that was a dumb comment by me because my budget wasn't even close to that. And my yeah. budget, it's it's Country Roads Trust who, who, who handles all that and they do a wonderful job. Um, but no, the first year that really that you know they were in place that no our budget wasn't even close to that, and I think uh, contributors, especially it's I believe it's gone up you know and and you know I kind of let them handle that side of it. Obviously, you know I can't be involved in, in certain contract and you know, any kind of contract actually or or stuff like that. And that's between them when they when they enroll here and then you know how they do. You know it's almost like saying hey like I'm sure in life like everyone crushes nil right. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, these guys get, yeah, I, I agree. And I was kind of raised in that same uh, type of way by my parents. But, you know, the one thing I think NIL does tr- teach these kids is is accountability. A lot of guys have a lot of inflated opinions of themselves. And, you know, when those deals come from, you know, businesses or people like that, you know, or, or some of them don't come. And I think it's a humbling experience. So it's like the same thing. Like, you want to play more, I guess, play better. You, I guess you want to do better in IL or make more play better. And a lot of times those opportunities generally follow. Um, I would say because things went well last year, you know, for the most part, and and we got the program back to the NCAA tournament where it belongs and hopefully we'll stay going forward. Um, I, I would believe uh, support in that regard has gone up. Um, now, again, the 700 that I've made a joke into regards to the kid in the SEC, that's a low number of the numbers that I'm hearing right now, which is wild. Uh, the numbers have gone up astronomically. Um, obviously, I'm not comfortable speaking about that, but I, I hear it and I'm like, good Lord. Like, I mean, you wonder how long it's sustainable. Um, 
some places I, I guess have a different kind of resources, but sustainability in the most colleges across the country with the numbers I'm hearing, I just can't see it happening very long. I, I, I mean, and you know, this position for me is almost like, you know, it, it is, it's like I'm a GM. Um, and, and quite honestly, like it, it, it shocks you. And Michael, I'm, I'm not going to say the numbers because again, I've heard the 700 all year. So I'm trying, I'm trying my best. I mean, I've heard, I've heard millions this year. I've heard 900,000. I've heard 875. I mean, it's, it's, and again, those are starting. And I'm sitting there like, holy hell, I'm in big trouble or we're in big trouble. I hope, I hope the poor country roads trust has, has something in, in their, in their back pocket because it, it's, it really is a different ball game. Uh, you told us a great story, I think actually for print a while ago about how you sat down the first day, first couple of days and just went through businesses and called them and made plans to go visit. And and you did have a nest egg. So I imagine that capacity still exists. So this this kind of leads to this question here. Uh, this person says, I would like to know what percentage of money of NIL money is, quote, presented to him and how much he has to go and drum up. And then specifically off of that, have you thought of a basketball collective? Hmm. Could you have Country Roads Trust version basketball? And then again, how much do you think you have that you can just say, hey, I can work at this? And how much do you have to go out and kind of raise on your own so you're comfortable doing your business? And just like, and I'll, I'll be very, just like anything else, like they're not just donating because of my, like, I mean, listen, we have a Hall of Fame head coach who um, this state adores and, and they should, he's, he's, he's a treasure. And at the end of the day, um, the relationships he has and, and our coaching staff as a whole have developed and, and obviously the department, you know, they want to see us win. They want to see football win. So therefore, you know, they do support. And a lot of times, you know, I sit there and say, how much do I have? I, numbers wise, I'm, I'm not, I don't feel comfortable going into that. You know, it's nowhere near the numbers that we were just talking before, but I think every little bit helps. And, and I, and I'll say this, the country roads trust, has done a wonderful job. Um, Stephen Ford and, and his team over there. And then obviously uh, Mr. Kendrick and Mr. Luck have done a great job helping us. And and I'm fortunate because quite honestly, as much as it's regular recruiting and, and uh, portal and stuff, a lot of that now um, is all filtered through them. And, and it, it's, it keeps it safer that way because I'm never going to put this, this university or art, you know, the proud tradition that we have here or, or my boss in jeopardy. That's just not going to happen. And, you know, I think it, it, we do things the right way. We always have. Um, so, but yeah, the, the, I, I believe, I believe it's gone up from what last time I heard, but you know, at the end of the day, I don't want, you talk to all these kids, right. And the, the one thing you don't want us to say, like every, every power five school for the most part has a, I guess a solid NIL, right. Mm-hmm. And you would think that, you know, they, these kids should be just making a decision off of NIL, you know, it should be fit. It should be relationship based, you know, and that's uh, you hope that still exists. At least I do. Um, and I'll sit there and say some of the basketball collective, I, I, you know, they, they offer us, uh, they offer the, whoever, you know, the people that we're fortunate enough and, and that, that give um, whatever sport they'd want to put it to, whether it be basketball, football, or, or the other many sports that need it. And, you know, I, I, like I said, you, the trust has done a wonderful job in that regard. And, and I'm, I'm very, very appreciative of them. Two more. One question that, is kind of topical and then we'll kind of rewind a little bit with uh maybe like your next best story that you can actually tell us so that'll that'll be our closer but right now you saw what kim english did with the player who won the transfer from providence right 
Yeah, I saw that. All right. So long story short, if you're not if you're not sure what I'm talking about here, new coach at Providence was a really good basketball player. Um, he had a player who was in the portal, probably wanted to stay, but and then some PR thing, or maybe it was an actual gamble. The player said, if you can beat me in one-on-one, I'll stay. Well, Kim English won, so the player stays. This person now wonders. Um, if you can get a commitment similar to um, that, if a player wants to commit, Portal High School, whatever, Jay, who on the staff would you pick to play the game? I don't want to offend Coach Ruoff. I don't want to offend Coach Allert. Or, or Coach Ronnie, who was a good player in, in his days, well, or Hugs, of course. But DeMar Johnson, 10 times, <laughs> 10 times out of 10 times. And that, that man still has it. You know, I, he still plays with the staff games with the managers and the GAs and then. Now you know why he was a sixth pick in the NBA draft. Good Lord, that man is good. I've heard some tales about Josh through the years, about how good he was and still is. Listen, Josh is is, is a physical specimen to it. <laughs> you know, that's a big boy too. You know, and he's he's a really good player. But, you know, you're talking Josh, who really, you know, was a college player and, and you know, continues to do things. I don't want to say in amazing shape. And you're talking about the sixth pick in the NBA draft. Those dudes just tend to be a little bit different. Okay. okay. I mean, Robert Kenyon was one in that draft, and tomorrow was six. Imagine lining up across them. Like, oh boy. Yeah, they're pretty good. No wonder, huh? Well, he's a six-nine guard. Yeah. <laughs> um, and finally, Jay, your best story, the most outrageous demand or a soap opera involved. Um, you delivered the goods last time here. Um, I probably should have given you this one to think over here. So maybe I'll just draw out my question a little bit longer while the wheels in your head spin. But the story told us about how the one player wanted more of the money than your budget had. Got a lot of people talking and thinking about it. And then the question there was, I wonder how many more things like that happened. I think the answer is probably a lot. But of the Rolodex of just outrageous or unbelievable things that you've encountered here, what what's one or two that you would thumb to to, to tell the quick story about what it's like doing your job on the other side of where people ask and want and demand because they just think you can. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's just easy to snap my fingers or wave a, a magic wand and have that stuff happen. Um, I wish man, oh, God, that'd be great. I, I got a lot of wishes if that's the case. Um, but what have I heard so far? And, and again, listen, these aren't even guys like hey, there's guys that I'll call on that. I'm just doing my due diligence. I'm doing that because I believe you have to, um, same thing with the rest of her staff, uh, and our and our support staff. Um, so far this year, and and again, people are like, we we didn't sign anybody till I think it was after Easter last year with those guys. But you know, it's it's been a good process so far. But the, the one if I can pinpoint one at this very moment, um, really good player, and uh, we actually had interest in, and you know, prior to even talking to him, um, of course, the kid's never going to say, oh no, no I, I I haven't asked that or I, you know, and. I heard he wanted upper echelons, definitely over seven, and, and a house for his mother, um, some kind of uh, split family, obviously. So he wanted something like another car for himself and his father. So, I mean, think about that just in value right there. I mean, you're over a mil easy. And, I mean... It, just the demands are wild and he'll get it. I guarantee he'll get it with somebody. He's, he's a very, very good player. And um, you just sit there and, and you're like, Oh, I'm like, my cars house. And that's out. I gotta, I gotta, I'm trying to buy my own house. Uh, you know, I pay my own car bill over here. I don't have anything given. I'm like, goodness gracious. But that's probably so far the most outrageous I heard. Now, mind you, 
uh, guys that we've talked about previous years or that number I heard, I know that person's coming back. So I'm sure his number's gone up just like, you know, remember we talked about him last year. So you think this is, this is going to stay like this. Or you think those numbers increase as each year goes on. I said, we both sat here and said, we think it goes up probably dramatically. So, um, you know, I, I'm sure I'll run into a lot more later on, but yeah, I've, I've heard million dollars offers. I've heard cars, houses, uh, all things I can't, I, I obviously, our poor collective probably can't uh, compete with. So, you know, it, it truly, it, it is a different world. Um, and that's why I said, I was so appreciative of what, you know, the guys that we brought in last year came in and, and reinvigorated a fan base and, and a program that its fan base deserves to have on a national level, national level, night in and night out. And that's the goal. And the goal is to build off of this year and, and, and to bring it back up to really is and completing the second half of the flip. And obviously I take a lot of pride in the rest of our staff as well and, and doing that. And hopefully we can, we can get that done. And, uh, you know, hopefully there's a lot more games to be won ahead of us. So we've got a good football season ahead. We're looking forward to the game, getting some W's and supporting coach Brown and their staff. And and then you know, we'll figure it out when it goes into ours. We we got to get two and four to get you a car. Where, listen, where, where's the wheels club? You don't have a wheels club ride. This isn't fair. Listen, I, I'm I'm very lucky. I, I I love the car I have. Um, I think the best thing in the world. Like I get to work in a, in, a, in a game. I get to work. I said coach, but you know, coach basketball. Um, I'm the lucky one, uh, and and I enjoy going to work every day with the guys we go with, and and it's it's been fun. Our, I love our coaching staff, and I'm extremely blessed to have guys that are really, really good and, and help me at every, every step of the way. Um, and I'm obviously blessed to have Bob Huggins. So he's Jay Koontz. He's the director of player personnel and recruiting. He's way too humble. He's good at his job. And we are grateful again that he spent time with us. That is all for this time. We'll wrap it up and do it again sometime soon. Until then, I am Mike Casaza. We will talk to you then. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon. When a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.